everyone. Happy Sunday. If you're listening to this on the day we record, either 8 a.m. or p.m., depending on my mom's schedule, (laughs) depending on if John gets his shit together. But uh, welcome to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. I'm Daddy Cat, Darren Carp, on the mic, here with my beautiful, hot-bodied boyfriend, wife, mother of my children, father of my cousins. Ew. Okay, I don't know why I said that. John Thrasher is in the house. Yeah, no, no, no. Mama Bear, John Thrasher is in the building, too. I just want to point out that I make one mistake by with by literally one letter by putting the show at 8 p.m. instead of 8 a.m. And I haven't well, heard the end of it since. Well, make a mistake again and see what happens. And see what happens. And will I get fired from the show? Yeah, well, good luck. That's yeah, all I'll well, say. good luck. Sometimes Before I we... make executive decisions without you and we stick by them. Listen, I'm all for your executive decisions. I'm all yeah, about baby. that. Ooh, Even ooh. if it includes firing ooh. me, I think. Oh, 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 okay. Um. Really quick, let's talk about your birthday gift before we get into today's episode because we talked about it on the Patreon NMR. I was just recently in uh, New York. I dropped off the gifts to you because I got stuck in traffic. I dropped it off at your doorman. Finally fucking got it, people. And if you want to hear all of the gifts, you can listen to our NMR on Patreon. We'll probably be talking about it on next week's public NMR, but... Darren, the main core of the gift, do you want to talk about what that was and how you felt emotionally, sexually, physically, mm. mentally about it? Well, well, I, well, I opened a Tupperware. Well, I opened a Tupperware and there were stale cookies in there, which, <laughs> as everyone knows, is my favorite type of gift. Delicious. If you're going to you get know? me food, get be, have it be stale. Sure. A little moldy would be great, but... Here's the thing about this gift is that when mm-hmm. I opened it up, at first I thought they were dinosaur cookies. And I go, why the fuck why is John Thrasher John... making me a brontosaurus? As I said right. on our NMR, I was like, is there a joke that I'm missing? Is it possible I just was out to lunch? Always a possibility. <laughs> and it turns out that no, I just had to like reorient mm-hmm. the Tupperware. And it turns mm-hmm. out that they are cat butts um, with right. a little X marks the spot where the anus is. Where the anal sphincter is. I mean, that's the medical term, but yes, sure. Yes. And so John Thrasher has made me cat butt cookies. I will be posting a picture of it. The reason I have not posted it yet is because I had to go to Los Angeles. If you've been watching my Instagram, I'm hosting Mm E-Daily Pop, and I kind of had to go last minute. That's right. It's actually going to affect the drink today that you're about to get into. um, (laughs) That's true. I will be posting a picture. I have not eaten it yet. They okay. are definitely stale. I would not eat it. I want to live to see 35. <laughs> I enjoy stale. my job and my life. So I don't want to get you sick, so that's good. John, thank you. I feel like that was You're 80% welcome. of a gift, and I'm really happy. Yep. You know, like, wasn't yep. 100% there, but the execution was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> well, and to know the... that you tried multiple times I is did, really yeah. what matters to me, because you really wanted them to be good. And seriously, I'm joking around, but I love them. Thank you. I know. I'm, you're welcome. And yes, I talk about on NMR, like, I t- it took me several batches to get right. I had to actually cut into the cookie the cat butt. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yep. But I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Amanda. I, I mentioned yep. this on NMR, but also my friend Amanda, she's the one that alerted me to the cookie cutter. She was like, you have to make these for Darren. I was like, hands down, no questions God, asked. You found the perfect gift. So, Darren, you can thank Amanda for the great birthday gift. No, thank you, Amanda. I really appreciate it. Now, you didn't make them stale and or hard. <laughs> no, she and, had nothing to do with their staleness. You know, though, and this is – you're going to be really impressed with my sequitur. Oh, okay. You know maybe what they would you be good in? good with <laughs> – 
You know what I would like to dip them in in the morning? What's that? Some Java house, maybe? A little coffee. Oh. Yeah. I have to say, Darren and I are recording on um, a Monday night, and she has done the E! Daily Pop show, and her hair is just flawless. I mean, it's just really nice. Check out on our Um, Patreon if you want to see what my hair looks like. Because it's it's a little wily. It's a little wily and a little crazy, and I'm holding the mic mic like a microphone, so I'm singing a a la Gaga. So. Java House. Java House. That's right. So let's get into our drinks before we get into the case today. Which, by the way, today's case I skimmed. I I I don't like to. I don't like to know too much. To be honest, when Megan sends in our, sweetie, our research, (laughs) I don't love knowing all the details because I want to give you guys give everybody an authentic reaction to what's happening. But I do like to be a little prepared. And I skimmed, and I was like, oh, I'm not even. I I went, oh. I'm not even going through this because I want to be surprised with Darren. Well, let's get. Did you already read it? Let's get right into it. I might have already read some of it. Okay. I, I don't really like. I don't like to ruin my magic. You don't want to ruin audience. the magic of the. Okay, that's but fair. But I do All know right. they always like us to get right into the case. So let's get through our well, drinks. Let's get through the drinks. So Darren's gonna have um, Java House iced coffee with her cat butt next week, or, or an espresso. I'm gonna martini. have an espresso martini. The yeah, reason me I couldn't too. Have it this week as promised is because I had to go to L. A. last minute. Yeah, I know yeah, I yeah. promised, and blah 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 blah. So I'm are you water. gonna? Are you actually gonna like dip the cookie into? <laughs> the into the Java House coffee. Do you, what am I? A psycho? Of course a psycho? I am. Okay, Jesus. I can't wait to see that. Um, I'm back on my iced coffee grind with Java House. Like I told you guys, I'm in love with this cold brew on tap. It is like boxed wine. You literally put it in. There's like a little spigot, as Darren said last week. It is yep. literally so easy. It fits perfectly in your fridge. It's like a gallon of their smooth cold brew. Um, it's available in medium and dark roasts. Um it and reminds me of slapping the bag in college, but with actually yeah, something that's going to wake me up and feel good as opposed to like <laughs> pure sugar wine that is only going to yeah. make me vomit later. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. And Java House promotes, you know, this is what we love about them, creating delicious and affordable coffee from home. That's what I'm talking about. Hell and you yeah. can skip the coffee shop drive through lines and just get a great uh craft cup of cold brew, which is like so delicious. And Darren, did I add a little whiskey to mine today? That's not anyone's Maybe. business. That's Maybe. not really anyone's business. But I did, um, on top of your cat butt cookies that I got you, I did also drop off some cold brew pods, which you're going to use next week, right? They do have cold brew pods, people. It's it, Even though it is a perfect travel companion, you may have dropped them off when I already packed my shit <laughs> That's and right. had gone. That's right. And route to the airport otherwise, yep. if you had yep. known I was going to be last minute. But there's yeah. these little, like, I don't know, 1.3 ounces or something pods. Yeah, like K-cup looking things, yeah. It's a K-cup kind of, a a rich cup of coffee by adding just eight ounces of water. Like, that's it. You don't need a machine. It's just like, boop, 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 because I don't even have a machine. They're sealed tightly to avoid, like, bursting in your bag or backpack, which is obviously the worst. You don't even need to put them in another Ziploc. And it's available in light, medium, dark, and decaf roast, my friend. Which I want to try decaf because I love the coffee flavor. And we record the show so so mm. later in the evening. I want to try the decaf just to enjoy that one day. That's actually a really 
maybe we'll do that for our espresso martinis. Ma- let's do, do that. Ma- let's do the decaf one and and do that with the uh, the um, espresso martini. And I'm just gonna. I feel like I'm gonna be shaken in multiple ways next I week th- when we do. This. I think we're gonna be shaken and disturbed. I think <laughs> you guys should be enjoying this drink along with us. So go to JavaHouse.com and use code Shaken for ten percent off your order. You're going to mm. love. The- if you're a coffee drinker and you're a coffee lover and you need it every day, I promise you're gonna love it. Like it's just so easy and so convenient. John, now that we're all caffeinated yes. up, hopped up on life and love, yeah, are you, you want to get into this odd case this week? This case is wild, so guys, settle in. I think you're going to enjoy it. Let's in do August, it. In August of 1970, a 10-month-old baby girl was abandoned at a hospital emergency room in Columbus, Ohio. One of my favorite cities in the United States is Columbus, Ohio. Really? Why yep. is that? Um, what makes go it Go Buck, guys. Um, it's fun. It's a good college town. I love a small Midwestern city. I get that. Yeah, town, for sure. Because I'm so from the opposite that it just feels like <laughs> everyone knows each other. You know, like I went into an Ohio State bar there once. and It was like I went in and I went out because I just couldn't handle it. Like it was just yeah. so much and I really appreciate it. I went to um, I've been to Columbus, too, and it's it was a great city. But I went to when we when I went to CrimeCon the first year, you weren't able to yeah. go that year. That was in Indianapolis, and I remember thinking similar things to the, to what you just said, like a small town, but like a fun town, like lots going on. I don't yeah. know. It was just cool. I liked yeah. it. Well, in Ohio, the state was unable to find this little girl's parents, so the baby, now known as Tina, was placed with foster parents Joan and John Resch. Um, again, this was in the 70s. Joan and John lived in Columbus and had already successfully raised several foster kids, but were also known for being very strict with their children. Tina was a troubled kid who was picked on by teachers and needed to change schools several times throughout her grade school years before being withdrawn completely during the fourth grade. Um, Picked on by teachers? Like, fuck off forever. I hate well, that. Adults? I, I- really? Yeah, I mean, I hear about, or teachers, just like people who were supposed to be there for you. Like, yeah, adults can be assholes too, but like teachers, totally. like you're in the profession of doing Like, how did you get It's like there? a nurse making fun of you for having an illness. An illness, it just feels right. feels like, what, what are you doing in this job, bitch? No, true. <laughs> well, nonetheless, Tina loved being a scout and going to church, but had a hard time making friends and often felt ignored at home. During childhood, the girl she thought of as her best friend was killed in a car accident, which is terrible. And after the accident, Tina seemed to draw sort of even more into herself. She was obsessed with the idea of finding her birth parents, but Joan and John refused to tell her their names or let her have her birth certificate, which I can't imagine that. That's just torturous. That seems wild to me. Later on, on March 1st, 1984, when Tina was 15 years old, Tina and Joan had an argument, and Joan requested that John deliver corporal punishment. Oh, God. I don't like this. Okay. No. So for the first time ever, Tina refused to comply and instead tried to defend herself with a kitchen knife. Later that evening, as Tina laid in bed, she noticed something odd happening with her digital clock. The numbers on it were racing, and the radio began to play music loudly. Tina tried. Is this your Sorry, house? I'm laughing because. <laughs> let me just say Is this. this. I'm your laughing fucking because house. I swear to God. Anything paranormal that even comes close to paranormal, I love it because Darren. No matter what part of a conversation she's in, her ears yep. will just completely perk up, and she just kind of like paused everything and was like staring at the TV. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I just like you guys really got to see my reaction. From yeah, I shit, wish we should like, po- we should post these. This videos little gaytheist just like has so many questions. <laughs> right. So anyway, so some weird things are going on. Tina tried to turn it off several times, but the clock the clock kept turning itself back on Hell and continuing. Oh no! And continuing to malfunction until finally Tina unplugged it. Now, before we get into this show. Let me we're, remind I mean, sweetie, you. We're in. We're in. I know the we're show. in it, but before we get it. into the, the to the other details, I currently live in a haunted house. I've lived here the last two and a half years. When I would visit from New York yep. City, when I was living up there, I'd also have weird things. Maybe I'll do some kind of special episode in October, all about the details of this house. But it's very odd, and so I am the the utmost expert on today's case because it's wild from start to finish and i'm the utmost skeptic um, yeah you are and that's you're good. a skeptic but you're also like this is one of the things i love about you is like you've been a skeptic about this stuff yes Everything. but you're also yeah. very open. open you are open-minded open. to like maybe this did happen you know which i think is important. well i'm not a cynic i'm a skeptic exactly i you like know? the way you put that yeah well, on March 2nd, a heart monitor worn by one of the foster children started making sounds for no reason. The family okay. called a serviceman to check out the monitor. He replaced the device, but the replacement continued to keep making the same sounds. That's quite odd. On March 3rd, mm-hmm. the family's television and living room lights started turning on and off, as did the clothes dryer. Nobody could figure out why. This would no. haunt. This would be crazy. Be it crazy. is crazy, but could this be poor electrical work in the house? Maybe. You know what I mean? But with everything, even the heart monitor being replaced, like that's, that's an energy. Yeah. Well, Joan immediately <laughs> suspected that Tina was the cause and insisted that she stay where everyone could see her, expecting the disturbances to stop. Now, however, while Tina stood in front of her parents, the driver, the dryer and garbage disposal continued turning on and off, as did the faucets throughout the house. So I've is seen it, that happen. By is this the way. is she Carrie? What is she doing? Is <laughs> you she know Carrie? what's happening here. I will say one. If I don't want to keep interrupting because there's so much to this, but one time I was getting dropped off coming back to Maryland from New York City. It was probably two in the morning. We had driven all night. My friends I were still all night. All night. My friends were st- you. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. Yeah. My friends were still in the parking lot of my house, like whatever the driveway. I walk into my house. Which is when you walk in and you walk into the kitchen, I look over at the kitchen sink, the faucet. I see the knob turn. No, I'm sad. We're going. And the kitchen, the kitchen faucet turned on. Guess what I did? Ran the fuck out of my house, flagged my friends down. And I was like, I'm freaking out. I just saw the fucking kitchen knife, the kitchen, the kitchen knife, the kitchen faucet just turn on. They were like, what? What do you mean? I was like, I don't know if I could stay here. You're literally in a game of Clue. Literally, I am. You're yeah. literally in the game of Clue. Yeah, I am. Continue. Anyway, I'm just going to say I, I saw the faucets go. I wouldn't recover. I don't know why these things don't happen tough. to me. And I'm, I'm blessed. Well, John called a utility engineer to come check on the electrical connections in the house. Not me, the, by the way. John, not the this rash. John. <laughs> but the tech was unable to find any cause for the strange occurrences. Furthermore, mm. some of the appliances, the faucets, for example, were not run on electricity. Of right. Right. Well, shortly after the engineer's visit, appliances started turning on and off, even when unplugged. Oh a God. second electrician was called and witnessed the light switches turning themselves on and off, even ripping off the tape that the family had st- stuck over them. 
Craig, one of the what? Rush's older sons, I know, one of the Rush's older sons began to notice pieces of artwork and furniture moving on their own. I mean, this is literally mm. like exorcist shit. Now, it literally the, is, yeah. Throughout the next two days, the family started noticing more disturbances in the kitchen, including eggs and sticks of butter moving across surfaces on their own. Does that remind you of any movie? Of the eggs moving in the fridge? Does that it does. Me? What am I thinking? I know what it Ghostbusters, is. Ghostbusters, the first one. Oh, when he's like yes. living in the fridge and it's like yep. the eggs are like cooking on the counter and shit yep, like yep, this. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. With like Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver being like, the fuck? What the hell is um, going on? Well, after a few days of these bizarre happenings, the family was out of ideas and just decided to call the police. And when officers arrived at the home, one witnessed a metal cooking frying pan apparently just fly through a room. Okay. Let's keep well, going. But let me say this. Two things come to mind. Ghostbusters came out in 1984, so that's where we are in this. That's where I, we are. Maybe it's inspired. I don't know. What if we were um, just reading the IMDb page of Ghostbusters? <laughs> of <laughs> Ghostbusters. Like the premise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I want to say, too, I, Darren, you know the story. I also observed, well, I didn't observe it happening. I heard it happen here in my house, a pizza box fly yep. through the air into another part of the room when no one else was here at my house. We'll talk about it another we'll talk, time. We'll, I'm just we'll saying. Talk about it. Yep. We're just going to move. Anyway, on. objects continued to move on their own even while Tina was out of the home attending church. And this finally forced John and Joan to accept that their daughter was not causing any oh, of this. Finally. Oh, finally. Finally. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. She just happened to be able to turn all the faucets on in the house, on and off, uh, continually in every room simultaneously. But yes, no, Tina's okay. Tina's okay. Yeah, yeah. Although they continued, of course, to believe that she was somehow still responsible well, for Well, obviously, this. Yeah. obviously. Well, they were clueless and turned to their religion to try and help. They asked family members and a pastor to come and bless their house. Honestly, at that point, I'm not a religious person, but at that point, I would probably uh, at think that religion. Point, yeah, I'm wearing I'm, the beads and exactly. the garlic, and I'm like, uh huh. I've got a silver bullet. I'm yep. toasting with the mm -hmm. blood of Jesus, baby. I'm doing uh -huh. what I gotta do. And they even attempted a Mormon exorcism in hopes that something spiritual might help. I'm sure they're scared out of their minds, by the way. I would and be. Instead, Darren, this actually seemed to make things worse. The objects that were once simply moving around aimlessly now appeared to be coming after Tina as though trying to intentionally strike Jesus. her. Tina began experiencing headaches and stomach aches, the timing of which seemed to be linked directly to when objects in the house started moving. I mean, this is, you know, all, all joking aside, I mean, imagine being a teenager and like, and this is happening. I mean... Or it sounds so anytime. Yeah. or I'm anytime adult, that's true and i'd be like the fuck <laughs> i know you know it's like this is what this is the experience you know we just got to report on the, on the details that we know the family began to fear for their children's safety and had the three youngest foster children tempor temporarily placed in different foster homes this is one of the questions i get a lot too by the way whenever i tell people about what i've experienced they're like uh, why are you staying there? And I'll say this, like I've seen a lot and felt a lot of weird things at my house, but it never felt violent. It never felt dark or disturbing. No, this is this is this, this is, is disturbing. disturbing. Yeah. This is shaken and disturbed, if yeah. if anything else. Well, on March 5th, John asked his friend Mike Harden, who worked as a reporter, to come to the house to check out the weird happenings for himself and if he might know of anyone who could help the family. Why do I want to go do a podcast from this house? I know. Something or to not. think about. You Maybe do it, not. and I'll be honest. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's right. I'm good. 
Well, Mike witnessed the objects moving spontaneously for himself and called a photographer he sometimes worked with named Fred Shannon to see if he could help document what was going on. This turned out to be difficult for Fred. It seemed that whatever was causing the objects to move was aware of his attempt to photog- photograph excuse me, the phenomena and would stop the movement whenever Fred aimed his camera. I'm going to I'm going to rever- let's Go just ahead. I'm going to reserve judgment. Okay, for yes. all of this as we move on. Until until we move on. Well, he was however able to take several photos of a telephone flying across the room. Now remember telephone, we're not talking an iPhone 14, guys. Like we're a talking landline. we're talking a landline. Yeah. This is in the 80s. So on March 6th, the photos were printed in a local newspaper and were picked up by national and international publications the next day. The family stayed in a motel for a few days, but when they got home, objects were still moving around the house on their own. They're like in another text or something. Another thing comes to mind. Do you remember when I was telling you about the shampoo bottle that was yep. circulating Spinning. on? Yeah. That wasn't at my house. That was at my apartment, which was even weirder. But anyway. Well, on March 8th, the family held a press conference at their home, inviting 40 reporters to come and observe the phenomena. I would have been there to observe it. Without yeah, them. I would have I observed. I would have been like 100% yeah. in there. Their home was full of reporters for eight hours, during which time nothing moved within the home. Mm-hmm. One of the reporters set his camera down on the floor and left it there. When he played back the tape, he noticed something suspicious. Oh, God. At around the eight-hour mark, Joan commented to Tina, something has got to happen shortly afterwards. Tina looked around to make sure nobody was watching her and knocked a lamp onto the floor. Okay. Now, this convinced the media that the alleged disturbances were just nothing more than kind of this big hoax. Next, John and Mike sought help from the parapsychology lab at Duke University. They got in touch with the director of uh, Psychical Research of the uh, – I think it's Psychical, Psychic Research Foundation, but it's a psychical. I don't. We're know not experts it. here, guys. Okay. William Roll, who specialized in poltergeist-type phenomena. I oh, love dear. that movie, Poltergeist. Yeah. Poltergeist. Well, William even coined a term for this sort of disturbance, recurring spontaneous psychokinesis, which is RSPK, mm-hmm. which occurs when a living person is somehow unknowingly responsible for poltergeist-like phenomena. So William recommended that Tina visit a neurologist and offer to come observe the disturbances in the home. On March 11th, William began working on the case with his assistant, Kelly Powers, setting up in the house. I know a Kelly Powers, which is hilarious. You setting do? Up, she works at NBC. Setting oh. up in the house to try and witness the objects moving firsthand and taking statements from the numerous people who had witnessed the behavior over the past 10 days. Now, at first, William believed that Tina was directly responsible for causing all the movements, even though she claimed to have no knowledge of how it was happening and seemed to believe the objects were moving completely on their own. Kelly wasn't so sure, as she had almost immediately witnessed objects moving that she believed Tina couldn't possibly have caused. William started the process of having Tina seen by a parapsychologist in North Carolina. And a parapsychologist is someone who studies alleged psychic phenomenon like telekinesis, clairvoyance, you know, mediums of that nature. Yeah. Well, Darren, I want to say I found, I just put in our Zoom chat the link to the photo of. Um, Did uh, you find the Joan, flying phone? The flying phone. And it's a very like 80s looking photo. It's hard to tell what the real situation is. You kind of have to scroll. And we'll, you know what? We're going to put this in the show notes as well. So check that out. Oh, my God. What but are your you thoughts? Know, we're talking about the color photograph, right? Of her yeah, in the chair yeah. with the phone. Yep. I mean, to be fair, I mean, yes, it looks crazy, but at the same time, it also looks like if you captured appropriately, like I'm throwing the phone and it just happened to be like, 
It looks right. like it's in midair, but it looks like someone kind of threw it across the thing, and it just happens to be like yeah. a perfect capture. That yeah. being said, also probably hard to capture that. Yeah, good point. All right. We'll put it in the checker show notes if you want to see yeah. the photo for yourself. Wow. Well, on March 14th, William began noticing objects moving when nobody was close enough to have moved them, including Tina. Well, that was part of the thing, too. I mean, remember, Tina All was at church. Yeah, right. And yeah, exactly. things were happening. So throughout the day, he logged 15 different objects, object movements that could not have been caused by a person. In fact, he had checked three of the objects before they moved, searching for some way they could have been rigged up to move but appear unassisted. Tina visited the parapsychologist who tested her for possible psychokinetic de- kinetic ability, excuse me, the ability to move objects using only one's mind. This is very X-Men Marvel, which this I love. This is very Carrie and Alex yeah. Mack. Notice okay, your references that, those are notice your my references. references. Yes. Carrie and Alex Mack, Marvel. Right. There you go. Well, the study in North Carolina was conducted with dice and showed that Tina was able to roll doubles at a significantly higher than average rate. Now, that's I mean, fascinating. Okay, though. Like, like, is your name 11? Are you from Stranger Things? Like, what's happening here? But also, like, what does that determine? What does it determine? Yeah, it could be just chance, you know? Yeah, can she take the dice and split them in fucking half? In half, right. And f- then and that might determine something, yeah. Right. Well, a couple days later, March 29th, Tina was taken to the Duke University Parapsychology Research Lab where her test came back perfectly average. During the study, Tina had an accident and broke her leg. She had to go home and was not able to continue the study. In October of 1984, Tina was brought back to the university for more tests. Now, we, you know, several months have gone by, by the way, at which time she was put under hypnosis and researchers witnessed several objects fly through the air. Some even flew around corners, Darren, like that pizza box I was telling you about before at my house. Um, For those who don't know, just a quick recap. A pizza box was once sitting on the stairs in my house. It ended up in the dining room across the hall, uh, across the way, which was around the wall. I find that hard to believe. It's weird. Anyway. Yeah. Not that's for another time. Tests found that three sets of factors seemed to put a damper on Tina's psychokinetic abilities when she was asleep, when cameras were recording her, and when she purposefully tried to move objects with her mind. So essentially, if you're focusing on the if you're Tina and you're focusing on this, it's not going to work. But any other time your mind is at rest, you're apparently connected to things moving around. So Tina then underwent some regular psychological evaluations and neurological testing. It was found she was found to have the emotional intelligence of someone much younger. Doctors believed that she was likely abused and neglected while growing up. Mm-hmm. Her neurological tests showed an anomaly in her brainstem, and she was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, a neurological disorder that usually manifests as uncontrollable tics. We've all seen sort of the stereotypical versions of Yeah, what, everyone um, always thinks it's like saying fuck or shit randomly, right. but it actually has to do with like all, like movements of your body rather yeah, than yeah. it really has to do with like cursing. I don't know exactly. why that seems to be the trope, but yeah. Well, William believed that instead of manifesting a motor or verbal as motive, excuse me, as motor or verbal tics, Tina's Tourette syndrome may have manifested as psychic tics causing her to inadvertently hmm. move objects around with her brain. Now, these are clinical researchers, guys. These are not people, you know, this isn't Alex Jones. This isn't, you know, some random, your your crazy aunt who has a crazy story, which I think that's what I'm turning into at this point. 
Yeah. We should also mention that Megan, who we all love, Taxidermy Tina, as we've come That's to affectionately right. call her, yep. a producer, on, uh, our, our researcher and producer on the show, sent us a note saying, quote, Meg's connection to the case. I have Tourette's too. And all I do is make stupid ass sounds. Never in my life have I felt so cheated out of something. End quote. <laughs> right. She's like, she's yeah. like, fuck Tourette's because I can't move shit around right. the room. Like, I would feel that way too. To me be too. Me too. Well, William also theorized that the disturbances in the Resh home may have been caused by a magnetic storm that occurred from March 1st to 3rd on 1984. Now, this has nothing to do with Mercury in retrograde, as far as I know, but I just want everyone to know, because that seems to be the thing. But yeah. a magnetic storm is a very real thing that happens when the sun emits a lot of solar wind. Now, the gust of the wind disturbs the outer part of the Earth's magnetic field and generates electrical currents throughout the planet. They I've heard aver- of this, yeah. They can adversely affect electronics, cause voltage voltage surges, and even black out entire power grids. Though highly improbable, this is infinitely more likely than Tina suddenly becoming able to move objects around with her mind because sure. of her dress, which I gotta believe in. This kind of makes me think of my dad. Did I ever sing you that little song that's like 10 seconds of why the stars twinkle at night? No, but now is your time and action. The light of the stars are steady and clear, and we see the stars through the atmosphere. The atmosphere has layers of air. The layers keep moving from here to there. Because of the different temperatures, the layers keep moving from here to there. The air moves in. The air moves out and tosses the light of the stars about. The moving air bends the light, and that's why the stars twinkle at night. Oh. Thank you. Okay. Now, um, yeah. By the way, that's really sweet. Your dad used to, what, lullaby that to you? He'd sing it to Aww. me. Yeah, and teach me something about why the stars twinkle at night. That's, like, very educational. I love that. Yeah, I think a teacher taught it to him once or something. But um, anyway, sing it to your kids. Yeah, I was going to say, the listeners should sing it to their kids, yeah. Sing it to the kids. The objects in the Resh home stopped spontaneously moving on their own. However, the family always seemed to blame Tina for putting them negatively in the public eye. Mm. Tina, in turn, felt completely rejected by John and Joan, as if she hasn't felt rejected her whole fucking life. Yeah, really. And felt as though she had lost her foster family the same way she had lost her biological one. Mm. At age 15, Tina attempted suicide, and in 1986, the Reshes sold their house and told Tina that she needed to find somewhere else to live. This is traumatic. 16-year-old Tina ran away and eloped with a much older man named James Bennett, who turned out to be both physically and emotionally abusive. He frequently beat and raped Tina and burned Mm. her clothes to keep her from running away. She fought back and tried to escape James several times. Her first few attempts failed as James would stalk her and kind of drag her back home. However, eventually, Tina was able to find a way to get away for good. Later stating, quote, once I got away, there was no way I was going back. He was too hard to get away from me from the first time. And it just makes me think. If this woman is able to subconsciously, like, move faucets with her mind, you'd think that someone, you know, she'd be able to defend herself Using her powers. This guy. Yeah. So this is, you, you know, this, so. is, this is super sad. Tina moved in with a roommate and briefly started a new relationship. However, James found her and continued to harass her. <sighs> and as you might expect, Tina's mental health suffered and she stopped eating to the point where she became unable to stomach even water. Oh. Um, Tina passed out and ended up in an emergency room one day where she learned she was pregnant so on September 29th, 1988, Tina gave birth to her daughter, Amber Bennett. She was finally able to obtain a divorce from James and married a man later named Larry Boyer. However, after only a few months of marriage, Larry began beating Tina, who feared for her daughter's safety. 
you know, it's like a sad just, situation when well, you just, just like, keep turning to these types of people, you know? But, I, you know, I hate people who are like, well, why don't you just not choose an abusive asshole? Like, and it's like, clearly, you know, we're all like in relationships. We're all like projecting our own trauma on something that we're yeah. trying to fix from our childhood. It's so we're going to be attracted to people that are mirrors for each other for good or for bad, you know, and eventually yeah. we get better at honing those skills and realizing who's good for us and who's bad for us. But like to say like, Oh, you know, Tina, like, why are you just marrying a guy who's going to keep abusing you? Like, well, there's a lot of part about there's her. I probably it. can't help yeah. it. You know? Well, it's not like some, the other thing about domestic abuse is like, you don't typically know right at the top of your relationship that that's going to happen. Sometimes it man, most of the time it manifests right. itself into the relationship. But right, nonetheless, exactly. in 1990, Tina, or 1990, as I used to call day. it, yes. Tina left Larry and moved to Carleton, Georgia to be close to William Roll, the parapsychologist she had worked with as a teenager who remained her primary source of support. Mm. I'm sure like, you know, with all those tests and, you know, yeah. you get close probably with people of like course. that. Of course. She was able to secure public housing for herself and Amber, her daughter, but struggled to find a job that paid well enough to support them. In an interview, she later explained, quote, I didn't want to be on welfare, but I didn't have a choice. I couldn't get a job because I didn't have a babysitter and I couldn't pay for a babysitter because I didn't have a job, which, by the way, is something men so never many have to fucking worry about. Something right. men never fucking have to even think about. Sorry. And, it, and she she continues, quote, and I don't have a job because I don't have a car and I can't get anywhere because to get a freaking job. Once you get caught in the cycle, you're so caught. And couldn't quote. agree more. Couldn't yeah, agree more. Yeah, it's true. And it's tragic. In 1992, Tina started dating a man named David Heron, who had a, a young daughter around Amber's age. On April 4th, 1992, Tina left Amber with David so that she could work a shift. She had finally found a job. Um, she remembers leaving home as Amber climbed onto David's lap for story time. When Tina returned home that evening, David was distressed, claiming he couldn't wake Amber up from her nap. Tina got annoyed, knowing that if Amber napped for too long, she wouldn't sleep through the night. And David reiterated that Amber wouldn't wake up, which is very different. So, so Tina entered the house to find Amber laying in bed, and she immediately no she immediately noticed that the little girl's color was off, and she appeared grayish. I hate now, that description, by the way. Ugh. Yeah, usually, you know, someone's choking. Now, Amber was yeah. not breathing and had no heartbeat. And Tina demanded that David start the car so they could drive to the emergency room, which she began performing CPR and chest compressions on Amber, noticing a strange smell coming from her daughter's mouth as she did so, possibly choking on something, like I said. At the hospital, right. Amber was immediately taken to the emergency unit, and Tina demanded David tell her what happened. David simply kept repeating, I'm sorry. Seemingly unable to say more could be that he was in shock, shock from this. Yeah. Yeah. Doctors eventually came out to deliver the news. Amber was dead. Local mm -hmm. police arrived at the hospital shortly thereafter and escorted Tina to the station for questioning. And she was interrogated for nearly 12 hours. All the shit Tina has been through. She was interrogated right. for nearly 12 hours. She had been taken to the police station directly from the hospital and was in a total state of shock, having difficulty processing everything that was happening, of course. Mm -hmm. And the police brought Tina back to her apartment in order to investigate the place where Amber died. At this point, Tina was able to change her clothes. 
And she was then brought back to the police station where she was Mirandized and asked to sign some papers. She was then asked to write a statement detailing everything that had happened. And police informed Tina that David had a prior history of arrest for cruelty to children. And Mm. they believed she was lying about her count of the previous day in order to cover for him. Now, Mm. Tina was then placed under arrest and informed that the police intended to pursue multiple murder charges. And I just want to reiterate, this is the 90s. Um, Internet wasn't a thing. But I do want to say that most states have what's called like a a judicial records website where you can look up any person. Uh, I know friends who before they go on dates with people. I was just going to say that's that's exactly what I was just going to say. I'm talking like I'm not talking just about dates. I'm talking about people I know. Yeah. People I run into, people I meet, people I, I podcast know, co-host, people with. I podcast with, which I definitely vetted you all those yeah. years ago. A lot of um, allegations out there. Not a that's lot of truth. Right. <laughs> a lot of allegations. And I will say that, at, at least in the state I live in right now, Maryland, it's a very simple Google search, Maryland Judiciary case search, and you can find out oh, yeah. a lot of stuff, including about people you probably think are really good people so check that out and especially before you engage in a relationship with somebody see what their history is um find out if you do want to podcast with them that's true anyway um it turns out amber's autopsy showed that the little girl was likely beaten to death possibly with something like a belt although there was question there were questions as to whether something flexible like a belt could have delivered such fatal blows Detectives did not uncover any evidence showing Tina ever hurt her Amber. And I would say, you know, like I'm we don't have this research here, but if she was at work, she should have an airtight alibi about this, you know, especially given, you know, this guy's history. Tina was not allowed to leave jail in order to attend her daughter's funeral, which is terrible in and of itself. Her foster mother, Joan, however, did attend, later telling Tina she made sure the casket was filled with stuffed animals, which is like such a heartbreaking visual tina was held in jail for nearly three years before being given a trial at which time her attorney advised her to request an alford plea an alford plea is a type of plea deal within the state of georgia which allows a defendant to accept a legal punishment without admitting guilt if you saw the staircase um yeah. he submits an alford plea with his yeah. wife yeah Tina's lawyer told her that if she did not take a plea deal, she would likely be found guilty and sentenced to death by a jury for her daughter's murder. Uh, She did leave Amber with a child abuser after all, although that's not really, you know, that shouldn't be a reason for murder, reasonable doubt. I mean, depends, obviously, like what they're doing. If there's willful knowledge that this person has had a history of that, you know, I mean, now in the internet days, I'm sure it's easy to figure out. But back then, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's hard to say. Yeah, it was a very different time. Well, before making her decision, only 24 hours before her plea hearing, Tina underwent a lie detector test, which were all the rage at this time, by the way, which showed that she was telling the truth when she claimed to have no knowledge of David's past child abuse or anything to do with Amber's death. In spite of this, Tina decided to take the plea deal instead of facing trial. Take with that information what you will. Mm. On October 23, 1994, 25-year-old Tina was sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years. In the spring of 1995, David chose to go to trial on Amber's murder charges and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And David was granted parole in 2011. Now, Tina is currently still in prison and has been denied parole because she refuses to confess or show remorse for her role in Amber's death. 
It's hard to show remorse for a role that you didn't play. That um, you seem to not have played, yeah. What's weird about odd. this case is that like we don't really know all the disturbances that also happened in her home. And I feel like right. when we think about this life that Tina has had, it's just been filled with tragedy. And I don't think we have any really answers to this. I mean, I, I think the criminal justice system in general is just really shitty. But mm-hmm. I think Tina kind of hit it on the nail on the head and I think you said this it's like once you're caught up in the cycle you're caught up in the cycle and this is one of those cases of her being caught up in the cycle but I I do encourage everyone to kind of look into this case you know on the reddit threads and stuff because there's a lot of theories out there about happened but definitely check out the picture in our show notes let us know what you think Uh, let us know what you think this of all cases just because we have a visual for this because I think if we didn't have a visual I certainly would be like what what, you know, like, what, what are you here? talking about? The visual does right. help a little bit. So check it out and let us know what you think at Carpe Darren at Jay Thrasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's end on some listener shout outs. Um, yeah, I'm going to start for Susan on Patreon. Not my mom. Okay. But Susan on Patreon, good. who has been a loyal subscriber since March of 2021, and we thank you for that, recently heard our NMR where John talked about not being able to let go of old clothes. <laughs> we were talking about Marie Kondoing everything, essentially. That's right. Including his bird shirt he wore while feeding birds in Italy. And she writes to us saying, Hey, Darren and John, great NMR. Would love for John to wear or post the bird t-shirt you wore while <laughs> teaching in Italy. Well, if our Patreon subscribers ask for it, John, it shall be done. Yeah. Are you going to post it? Do you have the sh- picture? I, d- I have the shirt. You know, I didn't realize she had asked, should I wear it or post it? I can prob- I can definitely post it. I have the shirt. It's buried in like, you know, a box somewhere deep down Figure in the basement. Out, but man. I'm, yeah, I might find it. Maybe I'll turn it into some kind of like, you know, pillow or something, you know, can that you, way it has a use. Can you either show a picture of you in it or show the shirt though? Like on Patreon, like take a picture. Yes. Oh yeah, totally. We'll do it. Okay. Because I would like to make Susan's life. Well, I was much skinnier back then, so I don't know about wearing that now. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll just shame you. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, just shame me. Yeah, just that shame me. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Andrea, and thank you, Susan, for that hilarious note. And I had forgotten that, so I'll check it out. Andrea, in our Facebook group, posted a picture of her wearing our "I'm Listening to Shaken and Disturbed" T-shirt. She says, quote, wearing my new T-shirt at work. We run an English school in Japan. Here, oh. we're making short videos for our social accounts. And I love that our show, Darren, wow. is being represented for educational purposes all the way in Japan. I thought it was such a cool thing. So fucking yeah. awesome, Andrea. Thank you. Thank or Andrea. You, Andrea. I'm not, we're not sure. Sorry. How True. Well, of course, if you want your own T-shirt to wear in a video on social in Japan, (laughs) in China, wherever, maybe a hoodie, a pillow, a notebook, a tote, a bird shirt, whatever you want, (laughs) click the link in our merch store in the show notes of this episode and make sure to obviously tag us on social when you received it. Show, 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 show. On show, show, When you've received it, at jthrasher, at Carpe Darren. And, of course, one of the best ways that you can support our show directly is by signing up to become a Patreon subscriber like Susan. You can get bonus episodes, discount codes for merch. You're going to see our exclusive photos not seen anywhere else. You're going to see me in a T-shirt I haven't worn since 2006. Yep. And so much more for as little as $5 a month. And you can get it even cheaper if you sign up annually. And you can also rate, review, and subscribe our show, uh, which goes a long way for discoverability. So thank you if you've already done that. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. We'll be posting pictures. And Mitz, just shout out to you again. Get you this wig from You Won Our Game. Just saying that it was her birthday that day, wasn't it? Yep. You can win prizes on our show. But uh, we can't leave without thinking, of course, Taxidermy Tina in this. So let's (laughs) give her a shout out uh, as we probably should in one, two, three. 
Thanks, Thanks Megan. Slash Tina. Check the link in our show notes for that picture, guys. You really need to see it. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Shaken and Disturbed. We'll be back next week with another fascinating Shaken Lady Disturbed Lady Case. Bye. Bye.